Well, good Sunday morning. Guys, I feel great. I'm back from Disney, rejuvenated. I drove like, we got we got down there and I walked like 35 miles, rode every ride possible. I just feel like a new man. You did, I mean, you didn't fly back in the Millennium Falcon? No, I did fly the Millennium Falcon for for good hour though. Uh, it was it was uh, it was a blast. Han and Chewie needed to take over though, so it was a lot of fun. Hi, I'm Edward Marlowe. This is the Nerd Alert. Yeah, Nerd Alert. Yeah, this is, the, this, is the, this is we a, need to tell our audience it's up front. This <laughs> is so for those who inquired podcast. We're in the studios here of uh, Froggy One Hundred Three Point Seven here in Murray, Kentucky. Neil Bradley. We've got somebody in studio. Don't want to divulge who that is yet, but we do have another no? lovely visitor. Just just want to give it a second. Okay. So it's your show now. You took it away from me. I, so. didn't, I, I didn't take. You gave. You bequeathed it to me. <laughs> oh, okay. Like a sword at night. Here, take this off my hands. Yeah, it's true. Okay. So um, earlier this week, while I was on vacation, I was parceling through social media, and a lovely announcement came across uh, a proud man in Western Kentucky, a lovely man by the name of Jeff Bidwell, announced his terrific project. Stay on your wall, which yeah. I do believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, is going to be a 10-episode deluge and divulgence of 2011-2012 Murray State men's basketball. Correct. Just go, just filibuster, man. I know you can't. I, anytime anybody looks in my face, they just start laughing hysterically, and that's totally fine. Just Let's just get into it, man. All right, let's oh my, roll. Let's roll, man. Filibuster away, because... We all have our own part uh, in that in that season. For me, I was a late blooming student, still blooming. I'm still failing. That that season for me, I was working for the Murray State News, covering Murray State football, and watching that season unfold as an up and coming sports reporter. And you know, had a lot of friends: Elizabeth Johnson, uh, Sophie McDonald, Ricky Martin, that were uh, Kaiser Lowe so on and so forth that were all like a huge part of covering that season you had your part as well as sports director at WPSD and now this project has come to you what what can you tell us just right off the bat fire away give it rapid fire off the top of your head well it started two years before uh I think it started it started in 2010 with the narrow shot and I made the decision at that point to go to my bosses and and, it, and for that then 10 11 season looking at everything that was coming back after the 10 year like, i think they're going to be really good again yeah and and obviously coming out of 10 there was such a you know they they had won 31 games it was a uh, it was a very nice year uh with a with a an all-time ending to that year yeah and i just thought you know, it was sort of um, one of the few times I will in, in, invoke war in sports, but it was I felt like going into that next season that we needed to, uh, like you see on on the news networks all the time, we were going to embed ourselves with the team. Yeah, and we, you know, because we had still covered the team at that point where we would come down for games, and you know, just with the proximity and being fifty minutes away, oftentimes we'd leave at halftime. And you know this is sort of pre, pre Zoom interviews and pre like we just we just didn't really we weren't around very much. Right. Uh, we'd come to maybe one practice every couple of weeks, and I was like, we need to be there every day. And I was like, we can just blow this thing out and go. Yeah. And and I still remember 
uh, Zach Swansea hitting a three at the Municipal Auditorium in 2011 in the OVC semifinals. And I remember watching that game on television, and I just was sick because I was like, we did all of this work this year to sort of build up to this return trip to the tournament and yep, you know they won sure. a championship in the regular season this could be great and then it just the balloon popped in front of you and it was yeah. like oh it this did, is awful it did not happen. so fast forward to then 11 12 and obviously we get you know we got a new coach and well you know but the bosses do we want to try this again and i was like we're up for it and they're like yeah that's fine and then so we at least had a year kind of maybe to work out the kinks of how we wanted to to do it right. and so we were we were a well-oiled machine for that 11-12 year and obviously that was then it was a year later than we had hoped but it it just fell into place as perfectly as we could and we had a coach and steve uh prone that was um he very much enjoyed in his own way uh he loved the media attention and it wasn't for him but it was he loved the spotlight on the program and so uh we were just he was he was great with us being around and right. he let us he let us bring cameras into the locker room after games and and so i mean we have so much stuff um a lot of it never saw the light of day at the time but I mean, we just saved it for a rainy day and the rainy day is now here yeah so i i want to as someone who's had to experience that as well you you come away with so much material at these games and neil you do it as well you have so much audio so much content you, you put something together and you've got to move on to the next day that's just the way that it is your news cycle rotates around you've got new stories that come out you have other things also in your time block that come about around the region, around the state, around the country, from a sports perspective, that you don't get to stop and smell the roses. You're getting to smell the roses, I would think, with with this 10-episode show, at least as close to the roses as possible. I will smell the roses when we're done. Well, that's fair. Uh, that's this fair. Is, I, am, <laughs> I am in the middle of of a hell pile of roses right now just yeah. trying to get this thing done so i, I made a flower reference uh, for two reasons well, I, oh, I appreciate yes. that uh, <laughs> murrayflowercompany.com and and so um free advertising it is uh it is i guess for having done this job now for um close to 25 years and and having um I've gotten to see some amazing things and I've gotten to cover some amazing events. And I mean, really aside from, I've never been to a Super Bowl, but other than that, I've been to everything. Right. And those are great. And they're sort of these flashpoint moments and maybe a couple days and so on. But this was obviously, this was a five month journey that somehow just kept ramping up for oh. five straight months you know it was like yeah. and, and i think that was the part that it wasn't a situation where it started you know at an eight it started at a one and we just kind of trickled along and then it kept you know, going and maybe we skipped a couple numbers but but it just escalated the whole time and to where you know in this weird way i mean it's just it was it was fun it was you're just like you you couldn't avoid the fun of doing it and yeah. you couldn't wait to get to work every because it's like what is today going to be with this team and 
and it was just it was almost you're like an addict it was just like give me more what's the next thing and 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 somehow and i was talking to uh I don't know. Talk to a lot of people as I was yeah, as you, I was going through and I somebody was like you just oh, it was Alan Ward and he just said, you know, we'd had this incredible year and you've won all these games and and you're just like it can't get any better than this. And then Dick Vitale walks into the CFSB center. Right. And he's like and it was just like I you dialed up to an 11 at yeah. that point. And oh, yeah. and and so those were those moments that it it was just it was an incredible experience, and that that was for a five month window. Uh, it is without question, uh, just it is the highlight of my professional career. Well, I'm glad. I mean, you, you, I'm gl- the way you just described it from the one to the to the ten or the eleven or even the twelve, and then oh man, and then Marquette, and you know, you get into all of that. I know where I was throughout that entire season, uh, Neil. I for you. And really, even for me, I was at every home game. Clearly, obviously, you were too. Um, uh, and every road game and everything in between. I remember, and Neil, maybe you can go into this a little bit, and and you may be able to as well. Correct me if I'm wrong, that season, the Dayton game was played on a Sunday afternoon. Sunday at 2 o'clock. My friend and I were in a, I mean, they moved us up because the attendance wasn't Awful. It was awful. Thirty eight hundred plus. Yes, and, and and that's why I'm bringing this up. You talk about it being a one. People in Murray did not realize what was that was Archie freaking Miller and that was, Dayton. I still remember in the early days of social media, the the apathy that Dayton was coming in, and I I distinctly remember a response from someone saying. Who the hell's Dayton? And I said, Dayton is the second best team in the sixth best conference in college basketball. Yeah. I mean, Dayton, I knew. My friend and I looked at each other, and we had, like, bucket seats that were, like, 11 bucks back at the top of the back end of one of the state. And, I mean, I seriously had an usher say, get on down. And yeah, you, it was, you don't do that anymore. No, and I, I, I'm... And they moved us and down. The, and the top was closed. It was yeah, up against no, the wall. No, there was no... And, and 10 yeah. years later... They haven't played any other Sunday afternoon games. No, you know, and I, you know, and how much of it was? I think it was sprinkling a little bit. It was, you know, you've got the post church crowd. You've got oh, it's wet. Oh, it's date. I mean, there was all these. Eh, they're seven and zero, oh, but here's eight reasons why I don't feel like going to this game today. Yeah. When in the end, that at that point was probably the best home game they'd had in a decade. Yeah. It was terrific. And it the every that. game is sold out. Uh, the opener, Harris Stowe, drew a little over twenty four hundred. Hmm. So, oh, I remember that year. Every game was sold out. Like, no, no, no not at all. No, <laughs> not at all. It just, just as Jeff said, it ramped up. The, yep. I think the excitement, you know, you win the Great Alaska Shootout, and, ooh, hey, that's pretty good. And, I remember, I, I vividly, I had it, you on stereo, Neil, and I was like, okay, I'm listening to this whole damn tournament. Neil Bradley, I believe Paul Bubb. Uh, it was Dave, I think. It was I think Dave. Winder yeah, was, Dave was the there, and I listened to that whole freaking Because our Twitter took off. You know, that was the new days of social media. I got to 500 followers that it's weekend. Big day. Yeah, it went of, from like 300 to 500. That, so. It's like, oh my gosh, we're rolling. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, and absolutely, everything just kind of escalated. I was there when Tennessee State beat Murray to end that to end the 23-game winning streak. And you know, it's crazy. He's like, oh, Tennessee State, whatever. That's that had a guy named Robert Covington uh, in the in the fold, and Covington's pretty good, you yeah. know. And, and in the NBA, still making, still, still making bank. In the end, out still of, a three and D guy. Out of the whole era, 
of you know the last 10 to 15 years in the OVC where you know the conference has just pumped pros into the league and it hasn't just been from Murray you know whether it's been Fareed and 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 Ian Clark and Covington and whatever I don't know that anybody's made more money than Robert Covington yeah I mean no, I think not now, right now no John's gonna lap him here in a couple years but I think right now Covington's the clubhouse leader and so uh he was a stud and there was a lot of dudes on that team that could go and uh you know going through this project uh there have been some I think you sort of have have I learned my lesson from when I wrote the book about the 2010 season. Right. Was that I, again, that was a time sort of pre-being embedded. But we felt like we knew so much about the team. And what we what I learned through the process was I didn't know anything about the team. Right. I didn't know that De Niro walked out and had to be coaxed back and almost, you know, quit the program. And stuff like those things like that that I was like, wow, this is great. And But with 2012, it's like... I felt like I knew everything there was to know, but I made a I made a very purposeful point to come in it into the project with clear eyes and tell me everything. Yeah. And I'm not gonna I'm not going to try to even frame how I'm gonna do it until you guys start talking to me. And unfiltered. There were there there were a couple storylines through it that kind of popped up. Um, one, uh, the relationship between Zay Jackson and Isaiah Cannon. Yep. How, and that was a, um, a volatile, but, um, solidifying relationship, uh, that, that was sort of a thread that's going to run through the whole year. The other one, which I think people just forget in all of it is the, the Ali and Frazier trilogy with Tennessee State, and it, it, it's just—it's a great—it's just a great story. It that, was you know, phenomenal. Tennessee State comes in and they—they <laughs> they finally pick them off, and then a week later, you know, and it's—I—I I listened to the post-game radio show that night with Steve talking to you, Neil, and he said, you know, ah. We don't because you you sort of put it on a tee for him about you know this is a revenge game and <laughs> right. he's like ah oh, you don't play basketball for revenge we just wanted to come over here and do what we could and Juwan Long <laughs> when I when I had shared that with Juwan he goes that game was a hundred percent about revenge <laughs> and and so I mean they will go down there you know a week and a half later and throttle them and then nine days later they've got to play them again for the whole thing in a game that was you know artistically not pretty in any way i was there for that game 54 52 game can be but it was this it was this beautiful rock fight that was just it was incredible there was no two other teams that needed to be on that stage at that moment and and for it to end in the fashion that it did was just it was just kind of beautifully poetic uh, just to have it kind of end that way that those two that uh um it was covington off the rim wasn't it uh, it was Covington wide. It was it was Juwan Long. You know, obviously hits the hit what proved to be the game winner, and then right. Juwan was the one that was there to defend Covington on the twenty five foot fadeaway. With you know, when I talked to John Cooper, their coach at the time, he's just like, you know, you want to get something to the rim. We were ho- he goes honestly. We were hoping. Uh, I think it was Patrick Miller. Yes, was, yeah. was uh, God. That team was so good. Had the full court sprint after Juwan scored, and he's like. We're just hoping he can get it to the rim. 
Because if it's off the rim, then you get somebody to follow it, and maybe they can score. He's like, that's a much better opportunity than us trying to inbound it with you know 1.1 left and try and get a good look. But right. they made a good play to, to stop it. But but that was uh, – Cooper was spectacular. I mean, that, that's honestly – he's he's going to be one of the highlights of the whole thing, um, sort of sort of worked through. And and uh, he, was, he was fascinating in that a lot of those guys – I talked to him, I talked to Josh Pastner – um, guys that you're never really sure how they're going to want to talk about something that, hey, you want to talk about a game you guys lost 10 years ago? Would that yeah. be cool? <laughs> right. um, Especially with Passner. I'm going to sit here and rip some scabs off for you. Yeah. And, and uh, Fresh blood. They were they were great. They were great. Well, good. I want to get a quick, quick, quick couple of stats here. We're not here to divulge your whole, you know, what this 10-episode thing is going to be like, but about how many miles, how many people, hmm. how many more miles and people do you have left? Where what where, where where you go from here um, before you get to January? I think we're at roughly. I stopped counting the interviews. I think we're close, somewhere between forty and fifty interviews have been done. Mm-hmm. Got another dozen or so that I want to do. Uh, I've reached the point now where it's like if if I couldn't do any more, I can do it. Right. Um, but there's a few uh, a few vanity interviews, I guess, that I I really want. But and and we're going to be able to make those happen. Um, that's good. I know at this point I've I've put more than ten thousand miles uh, on my butt in the car, uh, going all over the place. So I mean, we've is, been, it, is that a company vehicle? Or? It is a company vehicle. Yes, <laughs> yes. So I mean, been to uh, been to Michigan. I've been been to Ohio. I've been to Louisiana. I've been to Texas. I've been to Georgia twice. I've been to North Carolina. Um, making some stops in Florida on the way down to Naples and go cover the go cover the team there Thanksgiving week. So yeah, that'd be a good. Time, um, it's uh, it's been I've seen parts of the country I've never seen before, uh, and I've I've uh, it's been it's been it's been taxing at points, but it's been it's been great. Don't you find though? Because when I travel, there's a lot of cities like eh, I don't really want to go here. But you get there, you find friendly people and oh, wonderful great. people yep. in every city. It's been one. It, it really has been, and that's you know I, I think back to uh, 2013 when uh, we drove to uh, Andy Waterman, my old weekend guide, and I drove to uh, Biloxi for <clears throat> right. Isaiah Cannon's draft party. And as we pulled out of the parking lot in Paducah, he and he is a huge foodie, and he was just like, "All right, house rule." We're not eating at any chains on the way down, and so we stopped at every hole in the wall place. It's a good and it was awesome. Oh, and good. so I did my best on you know on this trip to just I'm going to find the mom and pop yeah. you know deli or you know whatever. And it was and people were people were awesome. Waterman's way. Waterman's way. There's there Waterman's go. way. Um, we talked a little bit about this pre-show, and, and you can go into this just however much you want. But obviously during COVID the the nation i know some people maybe weren't but i know a lot of people were extremely captivated by what what the last dance was but you already had 10 years ago the idea that something was going to come out of this from a rainy day how much inspiration do you draw from what was a a terrific in my, in my opinion a terrific um showcase of what jordan's career was through footage like how much inspiration did you draw from that versus hey this is what we were going to do anyways i think a lot just in the sense of it gave me a it sort of gave me a blueprint of oh oh, this can be this can be done in this way Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, I, there's when you're trying to present it to the bosses of this is what I want to do. Right. And, and I know that there were some people that, you know, were guessing wrong that there was a book coming or, mm. you know, something. And oh, you mean there's not a book coming? There's no book coming. There's no book coming. This is the book. Okay. This is the book. Um, that it, it was just a, I was like, man, I, I don't know what I, I don't know. TV real estate is kind of precious. And so it's like, I don't, this is a mat in my head. I'm like, this is a massive thing. And I don't know how I'm supposed to go in and be like, Hey, can I have hours? And, 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 you know, watching the last dance, it was like, huh, we can, could I do, there's a model there. There's a model. It's, I mean, it's not brain surgery, but at the same time, it was just like to see it with my eyes. Like, oh, okay. You know, I was like, well, I, I, 10, I, and then it also just becomes just the work. Like, I mean, we do these half hour shows before the season and after the season, and they're a lot, they're a lot of work, but at the same time, they're also kind of just, and I, I say this in the most delicate way possible, slapped together just from time perspective because a lot of times it's like we have a day to get this done like those are things that yeah to be done right you need days weeks you know and it's yeah. like we have hours it's like a putting together a newspaper section for previews it's like you're just you got 48 hours got, i gotta that. get these 22 minutes in and, and we gotta go and so um so that was the other part of just okay this is going to be a really time consuming project and that's uh but it's like i think we can do so 10 hours felt like a lot i right. felt like i was probably gonna be stretching my uh, that was gonna be too much and um because i've never done an hour show I've done half hour shows doing an hour show i mean there's a certain rhythm to it and doing yeah. an hour felt like a lot but i was like i can do 10 half hours and i said that's five hours you know a little less with you know take commercials out i said but i said I, for a year that's a lot of work that's well, it's a lot of work, but I said I think that's a fair representation without overstaying its welcome. Because that's the other. I mean, I don't, you don't want it to be long for the sake of being long, right? Um, and you know, but but there are so many. You know, for me, the 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 importance of the project, or the importance, I guess, from a from a um, a content standpoint, was this is not going to be a. 32 part recap of every game that they played right the, the the games are almost just sort of a they're little tent poles that that move through that keep you okay this is where we are in the story but it's more about yes losing to tennessee state was a big deal yes the bracket buster is a game we will talk about yes isaiah hitting seven threes in the first half at austin p is important you know the, yes winning at, De at memphis is important yeah but, absolutely but we're not talking we're not going to spend more than 10 seconds probably you know winning at western kentucky yeah, everyone you know. knows all those stories already that's right they really do. that's that's all done it's all been done and you're, you're getting into the nitty-gritty the mortar of the brick like yeah. that's the more important and part that's, of the story, you know. And, and again, it's it's a relationship thing, and it's 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 how you know just some coming of age things. You know, these kids grow up in that year. I mean, again, you know, say Jackson walks in as this freshman who's, right. you know, I said it's still. Jawan Long summed it up as well as anybody could. He said, I, uh, "He said Zay Jackson walked onto this campus, and he thought that Isaiah Cannon was stealing his minutes. <laughs> but that's how he attacked every single day. Yeah, yeah. and that's, yeah. that's and, impressive. But as 
and it was a fight, sometimes literal. And but as as the year goes on, he even up into the championship, he gave, and I hate to, he gave in. He gave in to like, okay, we're together. I'm not against you guys. And, and he was awfully good in the NCAA he tournament. Was, he was he was really good. He saved their bacon a few nights, and you know, and then obviously Isaiah just transforming into a, a national darling, freaking all American. Yeah. yeah. Ed Daniel becoming a a walking, talking cartoon character who was a freaking animal on the floor. Uh, I mean, was, he was unbelievable. Every coach I've talked to about Ed Daniel just was like, I mean, their reactions to Isaiah were like, dude, that guy was incredible. Ed Daniel, oh my God. Like, they were scared of him 10 years later. They were like, he was an absolute beast on the floor. So it's, And now he's beasting in Europe. That's I mean, it, It's all of these, um, you know, and, and, the real, and, and to compare and contrast, you know, we've got what guys thought about things 10 years ago. And now we got what guys think about things today from 10 years ago. And yeah. sometimes they don't match up. And, <laughs> right. you know, sometimes, you know, there's some guys that are a little salty about some things. Sure. You know? Absolutely. And, you know, I got disrespected by A, B, or C. And sometimes it's external and sometimes it's internal. And and it, it was... Uh, and that's natural. Yeah. You that, know, I that's mean, everybody's... Human nature. everybody's prism is a little different that they look through and uh but uh it's been it it has it for as much fun as that five month run was this has been this has been a fun year even just even just in the collection the collection process of just going and talking to everybody again it's like a little snippet of life though because everyone if they see someone successful like man i wish i was then yeah they probably just you know they start off and now they're successful, and everything was probably great for them in between. Yeah, they just see the end product. Yep. The end product, it's in they're on the wall to your left. I mean, I have two pictures in here: this poster, and then another uh, from that season. But the stories of how that happened is a lot more than the games. And I'm glad you're telling this. I, I really think this is a wonderful project. I cannot wait to see it. And I'm I'm really looking forward to it too because there are things that I remember. Again, I was in my mid 20s, trying to graduate from college, finally. And I remember going to every home game. I have very distinct details of when I fired up the radio to games I couldn't be at on the road. I remember where I was when I heard Murray State beat Memphis. I remember that. I was listening to the final 10 minutes of that game. That was, I believe, you and Paul Bubb down in Memphis. Yeah, it was. And Dante Poole was huge against Memphis. I just have my own memories. Uh, I mean, you know, I made... (laughs) You know, I, I got engaged at the game that Murray State lost at at home, uh, and I have my own personal memory with that. And uh, I have a bunch of people, a bunch of people were walking out of that game, and they looked at me and they said, "Well, you won tonight, but the Racers didn't." And then, you know, the 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 the, the engagement didn't hold, and so I should have known then that that was the the looming. Matter of fact, I have a. You remember the book Dusty Luthie? Uh, Shoal at mm-hmm. the time, but Dusty Luthi put together a short book that she had from the Paducah Suns coverage, and uh, had Prom. I was I was doing an internship that summer. Prom came to the Paducah Bank because they had sponsored that book for the Paducah mm-hmm. Sun and signed it. And he said uh, he he wrote at the front of the book, "Thanks for the loss," because I told him that short story. <laughs> I still have that book. 
says, thanks for the loss, Steve Pro. So there's just little things that I even remember about the season, too. And, and you know, I had class with Isaiah. And, uh, and, and to be fair, he showed up to class, you know. You know, maybe there were some guys on, on some of these teams that didn't. But I, I saw a lot of Isaiah in class. And very humble guy who, you know, certainly liked to talk a lot about the games, but was definitely engaging. Uh, and that's back when the guys would come and play pickup at the, at the Wellness Center. And uh, I, the entire team autographed things at the Wellness Center. You don't really get to do that much anymore. That's how much it's even changed even in 10 years. I mean, you'll have guys occasionally go work out there. But for the most part, the team does not play pickup together in well, a Well, they've got a setting. practice gym now. They can go hang out. Exactly. And, you know, um, and so, you know, I remember very vividly working at the Murray State News, I was told to go down there. They're like, hey, we just heard the team's down there playing pickup. Go see what they're up to. Those are the kind of things that happened. You talk about this ramp-up of that season. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the year, nobody tells me as a reporter, hey, why don't you go down there and see the guys who are playing pickup. It's when they start out the season 22-0, and 23-0, and hey, what are the guys up to? Go see what they're having for lunch. Like It was just, it just continued to evolve into this magnificent thing that, you know, and you look at that Marquette team, and you've got Jay Crowder, you know, still rocking still it. Still making money. Still making money. That's the type of basketball this team was playing. And you were just that close to the Sweet 16. Yeah, the uh, the one, one, one of the big moments that we'll, we'll certainly talk a lot about in the last episode, um, there's about nine minutes to go against Marquette. Yeah. And uh, Marquette's ahead 41-39. to 39. And Juwan Long scores... They get a stop. Dante hits a three. They get a stop. There's a, there's sort of a there's a a break on the floor for a moment, and then uh, as they're waiting to inbound it, you hear, "Let's go racers, let's go racers, let's go," and it's building. And what you realize at the moment is, of course, Kentucky's waiting to play Iowa State, and that building is a legit twenty thousand seat arena. And there's legit 17,000 people wearing Kentucky blue waiting for the next game. Yeah. And they are all in on the racers at that moment. And Jawan Long scores again, 46-41. Yep. Buzz calls timeout. And it was two parts. It was one, and there was just this guttural roar from the crowd yeah when he scored and and i'm giving myself goosebumps talking about it right now that uh, you know i've been i'm a guy that likes to be uh and i think it's part of the reason i've liked this job for so long is i like to be in the arena whatever the arena is i just i like to feel it yeah and you know i was De Niro hit that shot in san jose 15 feet in front of me um, you know, I was sitting somewhere near the moon uh, in Hartford when Jaw dunked on that poor soul up there. Um, yeah, I'll, ne- the I'll never forget the triple double. I know config- exactly what but, you're talking but about. But that that where it just exploded, and then and there's that moment, and that just simple layup from Juwan is like always going to be in the top three. Just I I'm so thankful that I was there at that moment to feel it. Because they call timeout and they're going to commercial break, and all the camera shots are all these people in Kentucky blue standing and cheering. Uh, 
And I remember thinking at the time, there is never going to be another time where there are going to be more people in one place at one moment rooting for Murray State than we've got right now. And this is mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. little full disclosure on that. Uh, Kentucky fans may have done that regardless. However, before the game, they were showing NCAA highlights. And one of the highlights, you remember a Christian Leitner shot. <laughs> yes. And when that shot was hit on can the you, score, can you remind on, me? on the board, <laughs> the Marquette fans went nuts. So the U.K. fans, I think it was like, oh, this so is it's like it's that. Be. Okay, okay, we're, okay, we're in now. We were kind of in before, we're really but we're in freaking now. in now. Yeah. We want your butts to go down today. Yeah. So, uh, And they may have done exactly the same, but you could just see the reactors. They were booing and like, oh, yeah. and like, okay, all right. Yeah, you wait. So we had them at that point. That was the best thing that could have happened in the arena for the racers, as far as just throwing a video up, they couldn't have done anything any better. It just felt like it just felt like a big brother adopted little brother. It did. It, it and, did. Yeah. And, but they were all in. They were. And then, you know, it's forty six forty one. You go to time. Go to commercial, and obviously everything goes to hell from 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 there on out. But um, it's it's funny that you know the the personalities of these men that we have we have grown. Uh, to know so well over the years. Um, Matt McMahon almost uh, to a a state of annoyance does not look in the rear view. Ever. Yeah, ever. He will not he will not allow himself good, bad, or indifferent. And we had a conversation about because we were talking about uh, essentially this same thing and he said, you know, when when Taylor Barnett hits the shot in 15 mm. to end the season, you know, or not let us go to the NCAA tournament, he's like, that didn't ruin my day. I was like, did it ruin an hour? You know, he's like, eh, you know, my daughter cried for the ride home, and you know, but he's like, but I'm on to the next thing. It's been 10 years, and I showed Steve the clip of that 7-0 run. And he's sitting, we're in a hotel in Nashville, and I'm sitting across the room from him, but I've got headphones on so I can, I can hear, make sure his microphone's working, and I'm hearing him breathe while he's watching it. And when, when Jawan scores, and there's the roar, and there's the timeout, and I just hear him go, oh, God. <laughs> and he just like, like couldn't, you wouldn't have heard it otherwise. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he just sits back in his chair, and he's like, God, we had him. But it's like, I just had I just kicked him in the onions all over again. You know, and it's like, he <laughs> you, is... You brought him back 10 he years. He is dying all over again. And that is, that is the funny... Um, I guess I say funny. It, it's the interesting... It's just, you have the group of people that are, that are happy something happened, and you have the group of people that are, I'm upset that it's over. And, and that's a that season is a very fine line to walk, because there is such a we were that close to finally breaking through what has always been this unattainable glass ceiling. Yeah, we were there. We weren't. We weren't. Oh, we're you know we're trying to beat Kansas or we're trying to beat Butler as underdogs and we're like. We are in a fist fight because we believe we are the better team today to get to the Sweet 16. Right. 
But in the next breath, it's like, dude, with all due respect, you're Murray State. You just had a 31-2 and year Mm -hmm. where you were ranked in the top 10. You got to cut down nets twice. You got to wear the white uniforms at the NCAA tournament for what? Like, there's no negative about this season. But you just get into that balance of, like, you know. But you could have beat Marquette. But you could have beat Marquette, (laughs) you know. So it's like you kind of. Look, six you, minutes. You're gonna you're gonna fall on that side of disappointment. It's just a matter of uh, in the short term, but it's like how long is it going to take you to come around to the other side? For yeah. Steve Perome, ten years later, it's it's still not enough time. The crazy thing about it is, and I, I I don't I mean I know you said this before the show. I'll say it during the show. We could talk about this for a long time uh, for all these different reasons. Uh, the amount of research that you've put in. Uh, my memories personally, which really don't matter in the grand scheme of things. I just have a lot of vivid memory of, of what that season was becoming. Obviously, Neil giving us that play-by-play, I guess to try and neatly wrap it up as much as possible. This show begins January 8th. Correct. What are, I mean, I hate to give like the, the list of details and things like that, but I, I mean, each episode probably close to 30 to 35 minutes. It's 30 minutes. Usually a 30-minute episode is, is once you take commercials out, it's 22 minutes. That, yeah. I mean, that's a normal sitcom, newscast, yeah. whatever right. it may be. Uh, we were able to, uh, I was able to uh, strong arm. 24? Uh, 26. Let's go! We got 26. Look at that. Some limited commercial interruptions, um, you know, just from a... You know, because usually when we, you know, we do a, a normal, um, uh, the normal preview shows, right? It's usually, you know, it's a ten-minute segment, and then it's a five-minute segment, and then a three, and a two. You know, it's like, and I, and I was like, look, from a storytelling perspective, it's really hard to get into some sort of rhythm when we're taking commercials, seemingly every time you take a breath. So, um, it's basically going to be thirteen minutes. Take a commercial, two-minute break in the middle, and when we got thirteen more to the end. So I love it. And then divide it up, however, however I need to. But so uh, that was that was exciting. And then we'll go. Uh, it's ten weeks. It'll be every Saturday night at six thirty. Oh my um, gosh, that's terrific. That's going to run right up to the Saturday. I believe it's the Saturday before Selection Sunday. Okay, um, will be the last episode. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of busy on some of those Saturday nights. Well, and that's. That's my next question. Set your DVR. So set, set your DVR. So originally, it was supposed to be um, originally uh, kind of where a lot of our special projects and stuff. It was going to run at ten thirty on Sunday night after the late newscast because okay. that's always essentially free real estate. Yep. Well, as happenstance would come along, that this year between uh, the NFL playoffs. Uh, the Super Bowl and the Winter Olympics, I think six of the ten episodes were going to be pushed back uh, to even later. Okay, And they said, so in this time of shuffling schedules, let's just put it at 6.30 on Saturday, the Wheel of Fortune people will be mad, but they'll uh, get over it. And They will. Uh, eventually. And so I'm sure there'll be a letter writing campaign. I'm 100% sure that's coming. Um, There's that, my Wheel of Fortune, Jeff. Um, that it's there. So, uh, on one hand, my initial thought was, well, the people that really want to watch this are not going to be home because they're on their way to the game or they're already there. Uh, but the common sense part of my brain was, if it's on at 10.30 on Sunday, 
only the diehards are watching it. You're right. right. Yeah. People aren't going to randomly just stay up to watch it. It's 6.30. The diehards are going to record it, and they'll watch it when they get home. That's right. But the people that weren't going out to the game anyway, we're going to pick up some more casual viewers, and that part is is good because obviously, you know, I and from a purely selfish standpoint, I would love as many eyeballs on this as possible. But it'll be, it'll be on, it'll be on the TV, it'll be on the website, it'll be on our on our streaming service. That's uh, what I was. It'll be everywhere. The website so. because we have all sorts of racer fans all over the country that really would want to see this. Yes, that can't. Correct. Channel yeah. six. It'll they be, might want to, but you know how that works. Yeah, hundred percent. And so, um, and I think we will be. Uh, we're still working on this, but I think I think uh, I just need to remind them, and maybe this will be the public reminder. We need to. Um, we're sort of past the DVD era in a lot of ways, but yep. at the same time, there's still a lot of people that are more apt to watch a DVD than know what a streaming service is, you know, or like right. what's an OTT and this and that, you know, so, right. um, so we're trying to put together some sort of, uh, you know, DVD package at the end that, Hey, here's, here's all 10 episodes in one spot. And then, um, you know, throw some extra stuff. Cause I mean, like I said, at this point, I, I mean, I've got 50 or 60 hours of interviews mm-hmm. that, so much of it is not going to see the light of day, even this time around. Uh, my final question about it, again, I know that we could talk a ton about it. You've sort of answered the question, but I do want to ask, what about any chance you get this on like maybe like a Blu-ray? You know, like <laughs> we a, got no Laserdisc like available? A, like a, what are we doing? I mean, Laserdisc would be fine, too. I'd love a big, nice record for my wall. But, like, if I want I mean, seriously, like, I mean, do you think there will be a physical option? I, I, I mean, mean I, that's my hope. Because, you know, as much as anything, it's like, look, you know, we are – we're trying to uh, we're running a business, so I'm like, let's squeeze every penny out of this we can. I mean, so it's course, like nothing wrong with that. That's I was why like, it's called commercial TV, that's it. commercial that's radio. It. So that's I was like, why. I just, I, I just feel like that there's, you know, we went through, um, you know, ten years ago we did a DVD at the end of the season, yeah, um, which was basically just a, it was just a collection of everything we had done for the year, um, and uh, we sold a ton of them, and so right. I was like, this is. Frankly, it's going to be better than what we kind of just threw together then. So let's, you know, again, technology has advanced a little bit, and there's people I know. I don't even have a DVD player anymore, but at the same time, I know a whole lot of people that do that are more apt to, like I said, pop that disc in. Than- well, and yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like for me, like I have a copy of, you know, of Extend the State of San Jose. I have a copy of Banner Years. I have uh, my own copies of materials that I've written over the years, and I have copies of things. You know that that Neil's put together, Dave Weiner's put together, and, and things of of that nature. This is definitely something that for the racer fan, or you know, uh, for those who inquired, uh, you know, people that are interested in the continuance of racer basketball history, it is a piece of it. I mean, and it absolutely would be a really nice chapter to have. Uh, I know when that when the last dance comes out personally, when they finally release it on a, in a physical copy, I'm going to get a copy of it. I know it's on Netflix. I know it's available on streaming services, but I want to be able to go and pop it in whatever episode I want. And I'd like to be able to do the same thing for your show. Uh, so I, the, I think I think once that matriculates, that'll be really cool. I want to dovetail, unless there's anything. I do. Else I, I want one one closing note, uh, just uh, in terms of of the project and, and I would be remiss to not um, th- this is a they're silent partners in it but but Murray State is very much a partner in this project sure um, you know they have um, you know Dave Winder has 
has really kind of just opened up the closet and he's like whatever you need you know and and it's kind of unfortunate that uh just they missed it by a year like it was just a year or two early but they don't really have a lot of video archives from that time and but a lot of photos but they have tons of photos and and obviously you know it, it, as much of a uh um uh, a piece to this project that i think is going to help just drive along is is neil and and nathan and and <laughs> you know neil's having a stroke when Isaiah's, you know knocking down three after three against semo at home and 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 nathan's just squealing with joy i mean it was just it's so it's just such an added part to the soundtrack of the whole thing but it, it has been um you know obviously like i said we have we have so much video that we that we saved from from long ago but th- but there are other pieces to it and uh we would not be able to you know present it in its in its full living color uh without those extra things so i just in wanted li- to in living color I publicly love it. Uh, uh thank those silent participants in the process well and absolutely it's going to be a lot of fun to see it kind of all unfold uh, really excited about it. There was a decent segue there. Uh, you mentioned Matt McMahon and yep. the fact that he, and sometimes, if he, if you're listening, Matt, we're sorry, but we're going to bring not listening. He's I not, promise you. I promise you he's, he's not. He's, not, he's, he's got, got people listening for him, potentially. So, Matt, how you doing? <laughs> he's but got ringers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah hey, Coach. Um, uh, you talked about that ability to look so forward that maybe annoyingly does not look backward. One of the things that he consistently says is that comparison is a thief of joy. Yep. Well, we're going to go ahead and compare and move forward. Sure. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, Murray State men's and women's basketball season starts uh, at this point tomorrow. Um, Monday it is, night. It is Monday night, yeah. So we're, it is, this is a Sunday morning we're talking right now. Uh, Monday night, uh, Murray State men's and women's basketball season begins for the campaign. I believe it's Rochelle Turner's fifth season. Is that correct? Am I doing the math right I'm, there? And I'm it's, not the women's guy, so and, I don't uh, really know. And, uh, and, Matt, like and Matt McMahon's seventh season um, as head coach. Um, very briefly, Jeff or Neil, uh, either one of you that want to talk about it, where, what sort of expectations do we have, not just for this men's basketball program, but for this women's basketball program, especially with so much weighing in the balance as far as discussions about conference realignment, not happening, happening, plus all the noise inside the conference. Let's start with the men. Well, I don't know that conference alignment has anything to do with the expectations for the year, um, but I also think that I think they're going to be really good. Yeah, I think they're going to be really good. I think they're going to be really good. And I've I've talked to people um, on the inside that would not normally give off those vibes who are – kind of giving off those vibes yeah they're, and, and they're even trying. even in years when when publicly you're like oh they're gonna be they're gonna be good and then you don't you kind of get the reserved uh, optimism right i this year feels like a year that um and i guess for stuff to come full circle you know see them picked third in the league yeah to see them not get any first place votes which i think i did the math it was like the second time in 35 years they haven't gotten a first place vote in the preseason poll yeah um 10 years ago they were picked third in the preseason poll i just feel like they're laying in the weeds because people with the recency bias of all of it yeah we're like well they stunk last year uh yeah they kind of did for a variety of reasons like a lot of teams just you know there's a team four hours up the road in lexington that just randomly felt like you just it was a 
odd year. It was, it was very, very. It was odd just year. a COVID. You know, whatever. You know, Matt is never going to slap that excuse on it ever. It Correct. just, it just didn't work. Whatever, whatever he was cooking, it just didn't work. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like there's a just kind of laying in the weeds, and yeah. they've got you know, just forget about us. That's they've fine. got two, um, you know, they've got two big boy games this year. Um, you know, the problem is. Those two teams could be top ten in the country when they go play them. That's right. Um, you know, Memphis, as we know, their is, recruiting classes are at least Memphis, as we know, is a is a freaking lion's den. I mean, that's a pro. That that there is a pro following to that program. So there will be twenty thousand people at FedEx for that game. Yep. Um, and obviously tying it in with John, ja whatever Murray will bring a bunch of people over, but. Um, you know, I was like, hey, you go play Auburn three days before Christmas. You know, there's going to be a thousand people in that building. Maybe you sneak in under the dark at night and you can go get one because you're going to be really good if, you know, if everybody can stay healthy. But uh, I, I just, I've got, I've got optimism. I've got, I've got optimism that they've got a chance to be, they've got a chance to be really good. It'll be really interesting to see. And I think they have a chance out. to be really good too. Um, however, and, and I think there is a chance they're laying in the weeds, but when they come up out of the weeds, there's a big T-Rex called Belmont oh, that yeah. returns everybody. Every Everybody. From a fantastic team. Yeah. Yep. Warhead State, they lost three starters. They replaced them with transfers from Wright State, Wolford, and Lipscomb. And Trey Hollowell's Tyjon, got a following. Tyjon Claude, out last year. Their best player before we knew about Janai Broom. Uh, ACL injury. He's back. Supposedly going to be uh, pretty much at full strength. Uh the racers could be phenomenal. They could win 25 games and still finish third in the league. I just want mm-hmm. to tell you how good those teams are. Absolutely. That were picked ahead of them. They're really good. If the racers win it this year and there's not injuries that play a role, they're going to have to be amazingly good to finish ahead of those two teams because those two teams are really good too. Yeah, they are. And I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, this is one of those situations where we know Belmont's on its way out of the conference. They'd love nothing more than to say, Oh, well, we 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 took your trophy with us. See ya. You know yeah. they, they loved it. They love that. I mean, there there's a lot of energy there, and they just got a new practice facility. And I know that that maybe doesn't matter, but like they're playing with a lot of juice right now for obvious reasons. And they're I just quite frankly pissed off that they got manhandled in the championship last year. And so then you've got Spradlin, who again got a local and Trey Hollowell transferred. Nothing but winning pedigree at Wofford. Trey's good. That's a heck of a backcourt that they've got now with that nasty front court. Uh, so their guard play is going to be really good. Skylar Potter, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, they're going to be extremely talented. And then who knows? Who sleeps at this point? I saw where Simo was picked fourth. I think there's, I guess, a lot of expectation that Brad Korn's squad's going to have like a lot of you know just grit to it this year. There's expectation that they're going to take a leap. And you know, does somebody else in the league sneak a game or two? We haven't even talked about Tennessee State yet. What I mean, we keep hearing what you know what he's put together in Nashville, but it's like, well, what what does Penny? What does he have? What does what does Penny Collins have in Nashville? Are they going to come out of the woodwork and so, suddenly start? You know, slapping people around with Hersey Miller and, and a couple of other guys. Like, I, what are they going to do? So, I mean, this could very well be a new, you know, four horsemen. But it's tough because you lost JSU and and EKU. So, I mean, and Austin P. And, and Austin lost, P. Well, they're here, but they they're 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 on their yeah, way. They're out. not going to be. Good but I like the newcomers. Right. I've watched uh, a couple of racer practices. Uh, Trey Hannibal, love him. 
Uh, Carter Collins, the when I was there, he had a little turned ankle, so didn't play. But uh, all I've heard Carter, is great Carter's stuff. Carter's been the guy that has been uh, yeah. will be by very quickly. Everyone will know who Carter Collins. And is. Jordan Skipper Brown, we know who he is. But if for fans who don't remember him, it looks like you tried to clone Ed Daniel and you didn't get the hair just right. <laughs> but everything else, I mean, he does it all. He plays defense. He rebounds. Doesn't hit free throws very well. Basically, he's Ed Daniel, and that's really good, yeah. as you're going to see in Jeff's yeah. show, if yeah. you have forgotten somehow. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he he is a, he's a dude now. So I, I really like the team. And again, I think they're going to be great. I can't wait to call the games. I'm just uh, so thrilled. Uh, I'm thrilled every year, but I'm really excited for this season. I want to quickly dovetail into the women, too, because you take a look at what the men's expectation is and what they brought back. You, you and and added, and then you've got the women, and I, this has got to be Rochelle's deepest squad, I, I would think, just from an experience standpoint, from uh, an expectation where the freshmen might, you know, some of the freshmen might contribute, and then everybody in the middle. Oh, and by the way, she still has Caitlin Young. Well, I mean, look, every new coach comes in, and whether they say it out loud or not, you've got the five-year plan. Yeah, you know, and it's like you hope you get five years to be able to institute the plan. <laughs> yeah, but she, you know, to. To to Allen's credit, to Kevin Saul's credit, they've they've been patient. Um, there has been noticeable growth every year. Absolutely, I mean, it's like first two years were a struggle, but you got to year three and you're like, okay, we're we're trending in the right direction, and then and have overcome. You know, just I'm going to use an Ed word here: the plethora of injuries yes. uh, that they have gone through. Um, I'm glad that's an Ed word. Thank there you. you go. Uh, Appreciate that. It's um, you're like, okay, this is this is what. This is what she's been working toward, and now you know you've kind of there's been attrition in the league. Just with you know UT Martin, you think taking a step back after losing, you know one generational talent, and in in Chelsea Perry, you know Maddie Waldrop out of there, and uh, Deja Young left the program as well. So they've kind of stepped back. Belmont's still going to be the beast at the top. You're going to have to you know figure out, but you're like. It's now because destiny's amazing. They've now gotten to a point with that program where, you know, I always, I always felt with the women's program, boy, just make the tournament. Yeah, if you sure. make the tournament every year, anything could happen. You can coach that team for the rest of your life, Rochelle. Just, just make the tournament, and that's not the bar anymore. You know, now you win a game, now you're in it. You're like, yeah, I don't know that. I don't know that Saturday. Is I mean, there's a long way to go between now and March fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever it may be. Right. But playing on, but playing on Saturday now does not seem like I'm on something. You're right. You know, you're like that seems reasonable, and just hope because it's just it has bitten them every year. I mean, it got them last year at In, the end. Injuries. Yeah. Yep. You're just like just stay healthy. I don't know that you can stay healthy. Just be healthy March first and give yourself the best chance. But I, I think she has done a uh, a masterful job, and obviously, you know she's gonna she'll deflect it off. But you know I think there's a lot to be said, and I think there was a lot to be said, you know when when Matt finally got it rolling there in eighteen nineteen, and obviously Jaw was a huge part. But staff consistency is such a is such a underrated component of that. And, it's huge, and to be able to have so many, um, you know, to have Monica there and. Um, it's just it's one after another of, of just no turnover it's just no turnover you know some yes eventually people are going to leave but it's not like oh i'm replacing an entire staff i'm just and usually what we've seen is that it's then you're promoting from within so it's people that are uh, that are already there so um 
you know, to have to have Amber there, and and it's just. I mean, you just brought back Wyatt Faust, I right? Back, back, back to Murray, back to Murray, and yeah. you know, he's obviously got relationships with a lot of these kids, and and so it's not just a, hey, we hired a director of ops, it's say, like, hey, we fired somebody that you're all familiar with and have worked with, and we can, you know, we can all get better together. So I, I think I, I'm I'm excited to kind of see where, and again, with with the women's schedule, you know, a lot almost more than the men sometimes it's you know they they play up more because women's teams are less i guess more interested in playing down uh-huh, right, you know right, yeah. yep you know how many times i mean you you know we've seen ut martin will host louisville who's the number five team in the country right. like what there's no planet that happens in the men's game you yeah. know and so so sometimes the, the the non-conference record gets a little skewed but uh, i think i think if they could stay healthy i think they've got a legit shot to be able to to make a deep run there in the tournament and, and jeff just so you know i actually announced a murray state game where they hosted kentucky at racer arena mm. years ago so to show you it happens it does, it happen, does happen in the women's game not in the men's game. it does happen two very quick mentions uh as we move forward through this wonderful podcast thank you jeff bidwell for being here and of course neil bradley as well uh as we continue forward um believe murray state men play brescia uh, in their correct. exhibition, and the Murray State women play Trebekah Nazarene. Trebekah Nazarene. Yep. It'll be history-making night. Sarah Gaylor is the first female men's head coach in NAIA history. Worked uh, basketball ops with the Milwaukee Bucks. Has a tremendous background. Makes a little history. And if you thought, I think, I bet she's coming in, and uh, this is something that she's had in the back of her mind. I saw her Facebook video on Media Day. She had no idea. She just came to coach. Wanted to be a head coach. Took the job. Said she's in the cafeteria, and they came and told her. She went, oh. Okay. She just wants to be the head coach. Yeah, just wants so to coach basketball. It, it is going to be historic, but that's not the reason that she came. She just wanted to be a head coach, and uh, uh, good luck to her. And for the record, that is the defending NBA champion. Yeah, yeah. they, they Milwaukee Bucks. They were pretty solid. Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, and uh, Chris Middleton and those guys, pretty good. So she's definitely got a pedigree. I think that's going to be a really unique experience for mm-hmm. Matt McMahon, his staff, and for Sarah Gaylor. Again, it'll be her first experience on the floor. They, I don't think they've played yet. Uh, they have not. No, they did have – they don't have a secret scrimmage. They have an actual, like, just a scrimmage. They're allowed to have it in AI. Uh, so they did have it, but uh, that's all they've had so far. Speaking of secret scrimmage, I know the Racers did play uh, the week last weekend, the same weekend that Murray State Austin P uh, football homecoming happened. I believe the Racers escaped out of the area to go play Indiana State. Didn't hear too much about it. Uh, that can be a good thing or a bad thing. I know KJ Williams was really good, from what I hear. My okay. inside <laughs> intel says he might have had a really your, good day. Your, your inside intel? Well, he is an inside player. So <laughs> was it KJ Williams that called you? Hey man, Neil, I put a <laughs> Neil, I put a twenty-two and twelve. It was not. Yeah. Full look, disclosure, it was not. In. Well, look, I, and uh, and and we can continue to stay on the men's basketball track here. Uh, I've talked about it a lot with Murray State's recruiting class, uh, the four guys that they they're bringing in for next season. Yeah, you you got to wonder. You don't know how the season plays out, but you got to think guys like Tevin and KJ are going to potentially have an opportunity uh, to take that next step if they so choose, and if things go the way that they hope that they do, uh, statistically, uh, and, and I'm going to make a word up here, winningly. Uh, you know, if, if there's success, chances are they're going to have a professional opportunity. Now, is that the G League? Well, mm, another segue here. Uh, four racers, former and. Uh, and, and competent racers uh, are now on G League rosters uh, in the NBA. Uh, G League season starts, I believe, the end of this week with a big-time tournament showcase. Uh, two very current or closely current racers in Shaq Buchanan and Darnell Coart 
uh, are both with the Memphis Hustle. Uh, Shaq actually spent some time with the Memphis Grizzlies uh, during this past preseason and training camp, was waived, moved to the G League roster, Darnell Court the same way. And uh, then you have, and this was actually kind of surprising, I think really kind of an exciting time for both of these guys. Javion Eves uh, is on the training camp roster for the first year Motor City Cruise, which uh, will be the G League affiliate for the Detroit Pistons, uh, which they had the number one draft pick last year. Tough season for them, but they did get Cade Cunningham out of Oklahoma State. So who knows what that G League opportunity will provide. Javion, I believe, not only recently became a father, uh, he, and, he and his girlfriend, but also he spent some time playing for the Owensboro Thoroughbreds, uh, which is kind of just kind of like a side affiliate, you know, interleague type basketball squad where they play what I would consider semi-professional basketball uh, kind of near his hometown. So really exciting stuff for Javion. And then former racer Ja'Kai Taylor, uh, who spent two years uh, at Murray State University before transferring to a very solid Division II program in Queens, um, it was drafted in late in the second round by Capital City, which is the G League affiliate uh, for the Washington uh, Wizards. So really kind of – that kind of came out of nowhere. But you go back and you look at the two years that Ja'Kai had at Queens, kind of built up a little bit at Murray, and then guard play just – you know, Ja'Kai was trying to take that next step, wanted more minutes, wanted more opportunity, went to Queens. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think, Neil, you and I a couple years ago remember talking about that on the podcast – you don't ever hear press releases coming out of Murray State University when guys transfer out. Yeah, Jakai was one of the rare few that you know McMahon put a statement out and said, "Hey, we really appreciated his time here. Thank him for everything. Great, you know, great, great time. We'll we'll see you soon." And you know, he went to Queens and and kind of made himself into this three and D guy. He shot forty percent from three uh, over two years. Uh, kind of was a reserve guy for them. And uh, who knows? You know, he's six seven two ten. In, and G Leagues need rosters. You know, they need guys out there. So wish him nothing but the best. They're, like I said, their G League season starts. Shaq and Darnell, I think, will probably play a pretty pivotal role uh, with the Memphis Hustle this year. Shaq, especially, uh, as he really, honestly, the last couple of years in the G League has been pretty good. Uh, but it's cool to see four racers, former and, and very recent racers, kind of jump into the G League, which is really kind of the new way. Uh, that guys are getting extra professional opportunities, uh, you know, to extend their careers. I'm glad you keep up with all that, so I don't have to. I, I just, I just, <laughs> I really am. So. I enjoy it. I mean, I just see it, you know. <laughs> hey, man, you know, it's 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 fun. I know that they're not. I know that they're not the John Morants. Amazing, uh, kids! If you're out there listening, when you get roasted on your own podcast, it's absolutely phenomenal. It that feels, is the one. It feels, uh, it feels good. That is the one. Uh, I th- I think sort of under thought about uh, portion of the Murray State program that has shown has shown the leap as a whole of yes in the last decade. And he said, I, I, this will be my 20th season covering this team. So between the first 10 years and the last 10 years, just in terms of who's gone pro, you know, those first 10 years, it, you know, Cuthbert Victor went on to play. You right. know, James Singleton obviously had a few cups of coffee in the league. Um, but then it was kind of, you know, those, the, the late, even the late Cronin years into, you know, the early Billy years, that was kind of a, a darkish time for the program, but when you when you look at, you know, Tony easily played for a just the, the amount of dudes that obviously 
the Cannons and Morants and, and Paynes playing in the league, but the amount of guys that have gone overseas and have put together decade-long careers, and obviously Marcus Brown is the, is the all-timer, yeah, right, but absolutely. at the same time, you know, Tony Easley played over there for 10 years and just finally retired. Ivan Askis still playing over there. Ed Daniels still playing over and there. And still playing well. Yes, and the amount of guys that, and even that just went over there and had a two- or three-year run, you know, Dante Pools of the world and and guy and and um, you know T.J. Saps and Jarvis Williams and Jonathan Farrell still going. I mean, guys, have, that didn't happen, and so it's like the the level of player here has has increased certainly. And then obviously you start throwing the NBA guys on top of it. Um, this program is in a better place than it was, regardless of. And I think the success sort of bears it out that mm-hmm. this is. Yeah. You know, I, I think there are the rose-colored glasses to the past, and, sure. and justifiably. So, I mean, the, the success, but I think the su- the success is is decades long. I think it's been different success in the last ten to twelve years, and not necessarily just banners and championships and so on, but just with what these guys have been able to do here and then do elsewhere afterwards has been. Uh, has, it's just a different level of athlete that they're bringing in here. Yeah, I mean, and you have De Niro Thomas, who, I mean, he's dual citizenship. He's still, yeah, making... Uh, he was yes. making money in Iceland for... Still making money in Iceland. Yeah. Still... still Got married, had... Like, li- he is Iceland now, yeah. you know, and it's just... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I hate... I forgot him. I mean, he absolutely is a uh, another one of those success stories from that from that tenure. I just, just ran into some uh, my wife's friends that took a vacation to Iceland, mm. and I said... I know somebody there, and they're like, "What? Like, yeah, I do. I do. I, yeah. I actually, I could go to Iceland and, hey, how you doing? And yeah, hang out. And he can say hello <laughs> in Icelandic it. back to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, completely different track here. While we still have lovely sports director for WPSD, Remember, Jeff Bidwell. Jeff has to deliver flowers at noon, so you I have, have to, one hour. You yeah. have one hour. Well, we're Neil, Neil's got to get out of here. Yeah, we're not going to go a whole not, other hour, but I, I do want to. I do want to address a couple of other things while we're all together uh, in this in this lovely carpeted room um the elephant over there in the corner i see it and it has a giant banner on the side of it and it says conference realignment mm. i i lindy Suter was on with us a couple weeks ago and you know you hear chatter then the chatter dies you hear chatter the chatter dies you hear chatter the chatter dies and then over the last week as i'm perusing through my phone it's like well conference usa is crumbling or is it what is it doing What's Western doing? What's Middle Tennessee doing? Is the MAC a beloved conference of yours, Jeff Bidwell? You're the commissioner of the MAC, aren't yes. you? Yes. Yeah. Do you know who is the commissioner of the MAC? I, I, I it's Former Ohio Valley Conference Commissioner John Steinbrecher. See, there you go. So they're going to, okay, so of course they're interested in Western Kentucky sure. and MTSU. Why not? He at least he, knows where it is. Yeah, so, he knows yeah. where the conference is. <clears throat> um, you know, I thought that maybe with, and maybe I was wrong, or maybe it did happen and it was just quieter than we thought. Um, I thought homecoming, which did end up being a really tough situation from a football perspective, but <laughs> I thought homecoming, I'm trying to be PC there, yeah. I thought homecoming would be a really unique opportunity for both alumni and uh, specific notable individuals to come together and start to come to some sort of an idea as to where Murray State was headed. Um what 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 are the racers doing? What 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 do you what do you think? What is Murray State? What is Kevin Saul? What is Bob Jackson? You know what are they doing now? Homecoming is coming gone. 
there was no press release, no ticker tape parade, no big like this is what we're here's where we're headed. What what is next for Murray State Athletics? I think the most important thing to remember is silence does not equate to inactivity. And I think there are people that especially when stuff was happening so fast and furiously with Belmont announcing they're leaving, Austin P announcing they're leaving, and you're like, oh, well, Murray's got to be next. But you don't hear anything. Right. But again, I just think, and then people are like, why, what, why is nothing happening? I was like, all right, just because you're not privy to what's happening. I just, I just so I have to believe because – if it's not, I feel like it's a dereliction of duty if nothing is going on. Right. Um, that they need to be, um, they need to be looking. I just believe, um, I love, I love, I'm going to say it a third time, I love the Ohio Valley Conference. I do too. I do. Uh, As do I. It has, it has a special place. I just, I love it. I, I'm... You know, I, the Ohio Valley Conference is, as we know it, as we have known it, uh, if it is not dead, it is very different. It is it is dying on the vine right very, now. Very different. And you know, I, I look. I, I know there are a lot of um, there are a lot of supporters of other sports and and what have you and i am i'm speaking on behalf of jeff bidwell the ohio valley conference is a basketball league the ohio valley conference i believe should have been framed and pushed and nurtured as a basketball league and it has not been the case and what has happened is they have, and I also believe that this is um, much like the NFL. When there's problems, everyone points to Roger Goodell and like, that guy's the devil. Right. <laughs> that guy stands out front and gets paid a lot of money a to lot. take the bullets so the 32 owners don't have to face up to anything. Right. Beth DeBush, in a lot of corners of this conference is looked upon as the devil. <laughs> the bottom line is, she certainly has a hand in it. But it's not her decision. Yeah, it's not her decision. This has been a presidential dereliction of duty Absolutely. for the last decade that you have had unprecedented success in this league starting in 2009. Moorhead wins in the tournament. 2010. Beating Louisville. Mer- uh they beat Alabama State that year in the playing game in 09. 10, right, they beat so. Vander Murray beats Vanderbilt. Yep. 11, Moorhead beats Louisville. Right. 12, you go 31 and 2, you've got an All American. You've got Dick Vitale dancing here. 15, you've got a team that wins 25 in a row, can't get into the tournament. 18, you, you again, you got a 12 seed, great. 19, you get two teams in, and you've got this unicorn meteor named John Morant that does everything. And the league is like blowing apart, like a spaceship trying to re-enter the atmosphere. Oh yeah, I'm like speaking a, your language, like, here. Like, a, like Apollo thirteen. There you go. Just I mean, it's just it it's splitting apart. And the bottom line is, you've had 
you've had too many voices in the room that wanted to oh it's football they had their own agendas that's the bottom because if you went to every of those 12 schools and like what's your sport well Jacksonville State and Eastern Kentucky have been trying to get the hell out of here for a, a 10 years. That is no secret. Yeah. They were just looking for a football landing spot, and they finally found one. I think Neil and I talked about it when I was at the Paducah Sun. I think we talked about it maybe twice a year for four years in a row. And it's there like, really wasn't a secret. Yeah. yeah. Was it, no. It, they it just was, need to be asked. Yes. They That's were all. just waiting for something. They, they were just me. waiting for a landing spot. And they were waiting for a new girlfriend. Austin P has decided that they want to be a football school. Right. Now... Which, bottom, is, which is odd, considering they have a new basketball arena on the way. Yes. The bottom line is, you can't convince those people who are chasing football money. Right. You, there's no talking them off the ledge. They're, that's the way they want to go. That's the way they're more power, More power to them. God bless you. Godspeed. Yeah. But. Have a good one. They're out. Now you've lost Belmont. Mm-hmm. And now what you have is you have Murray and everybody else. Yeah. And I know Moorhead has had a, a, a thank you for finally coming along. Okay? Well, getting, that, getting back to your 2009, 10, 11. Can that be sustained? Yeah. Don't know. Or are you going to go back? The, I mean, you just look at the computer numbers. When you got now, you're going to have, we're down to eight, we're down to seven, whatever we're at, where it's like everybody's in the, 300 plus yeah your rpi is bad it's a farce and you're going to have to repopulate you're going to repopulate it with all these d2 schools and so now it's they're not going to walk in the door and start being some juggernaut so murray's got to go they've got to go right i hate that it's like they've got to go unless because frankly and I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a portion of the fan base, and I don't know if it's 1% or 51%. I don't know. Well, we can go to the NCAA tournament every year. That would be awesome. There is a portion of that fan base that does exist currently. Awesome. Yeah. And you'll be a 15 seed at best. Every year. Every year. And get bludgeoned by And you'll by go a get t- your head kicked in by a, two by, seed. by a team that can legitimately win the national championship. In the first round. And the only alternative to that is out-of-conference schedule that is brutal. Brutal, and you're 4-9. And nine. you're always on the road. Yes, correct. Yeah, you're not gonna get uh, Cincinnati to come in here or anybody like that. No. Oh, and not just not there. just brutal, but oh, by the way, has to invite you. Yeah, they may not want to play if you're really. I mean, good. you, right. you know, A- all right. So going back to Josh's sophomore year, you know Avery Johnson, who already you know one long after that had a great team, was puckering at the cheeks when Josh like came down the lane, sure, and nearly put up fifty. <clears throat> he put up thirty-seven, had the ten turnovers. Racers nearly escaped with a win there. Racers nearly escaped with a win against Bruce Pearl and that Auburn team, you know, which we were all present for. There's NBA scouts everywhere, and they're not watching Auburn; they're watching Ja. And you're just well, they were watching Auburn. But my point is that you know Bruce Pearl puckering. That game should have been probably a 10 to 15 point win, and in the final two minutes, Ja and Shaq just started going nuclear and nearly stole that game away. And so you've got these high-profile coaches that are just like, "We're not playing you." See if I invite well, you ever. And again. to go back to the to the documentary, when I went and talked to Josh Pastner, and I said, "You know, we start started talking to him about playing Murray State ten years ago," and he like cuts me off, and he goes, "You want to know what I remember about Murray State?" He goes, "I was pissed the whole week at my assistants about why the hell did we schedule this game? Why did we schedule this game?" <laughs> 
He's like, I play a money game. He's like, I want to be, you know, two and a half hours after tip, I want to be at the restaurant enjoying my dinner. And he's like, I was so mad that we were playing. Why? They're too good. And so, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a disaster. And I, there's plenty of coaches across the country. That, that is not a unique thought process. Yeah, these they will not. legitimately see a Matt McMahon in this roster and be like, uh, Nope. Our schedule's no. filled. Our schedule's full. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're busy. Thanks for calling. I, That's how that works. I just think for... You know, we have we have heard the drumbeat for I've heard it since I got here. Murray, you know, going to the next level, whatever that's gonna be, taking the next step and doing this and doing that. And it's what like is it? look, the next step at this point, you gotta go. Right. You've gotta go. Because there is no next level playing in a 10-team league, 12-team OVC league, where it's you and it's Moorhead, who you hope is still good that year, and a bunch of 300-plus RPI teams. That maybe come in one You can hang all year. the banners you want. Awesome. You know what? You're going back to 1992, 93, 94, where you get in every year and you're a 15 Maybe you're 14 if you're lucky, and you lose by 25, and you just and you go along. And then we can go back to being the oh, remember when we we took Michigan State to overtime? Wasn't that cool? Yeah. Oh, oh, we only lost by three to Duke or what? You know. And then those are the glory year stories, not the win. I I'm past that. Everyone here should be past that. Yeah. There are no moral victories with this basketball pro. You've kicked those doors in. Yeah. We've reached the point now where how many NCAA tournaments wins does Murray State have? You know what? You have to spend more than one second to think about it. That's because right. forever, it was one. <laughs> it's three. It's four. It is four. Sorry. It's four. I you don't even, you know, it's like. Yeah, it's four. Forever, it was one. And then it was two. And I called three of them. So I had to Humble break. So that's, that's the one out. But that's, <laughs> it didn't exist. I'm laughing. You weren't there. That's right. If, yeah, if it, it wasn't real, if, if Neil Bradley wasn't there. The point being, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I love this tangent that we, that I say I've gone on. I've just, I, I asked you that for that reason. You know, a lot of the points that you iterated are things that we've mirrored, but I just needed to hear it from another professional journalist. I'm not, an idiot in a tie. We'll I'm also, to the I'm also not a professional, but mm. you know, uh, try to be pretend. That's what I went for is Halloween. I'm professional because uh, I, I had the one costume. last interjection before you. The yeah. bottom line is, and and I have I have he has not said this to me directly, but I have heard it from someone uh, in a high place that attributed it to Kevin Saul, that the only thing he said about this realignment stuff, and this is the most important thing out of all of it, right? We've got to be invited. Absolutely, that is true. They can want to leave. They can want to go. They can be like, that's where I want to go, or that's Plan B. But it's like if neither of those places call and say, are you coming? The old saying goes, wish in one hand and uh, take a poop in the other and I'll see which it. one fills I'll, up I'll, first. I'll just you say know? it shit in the other and see which one it's weighs like, more. It's, it's yeah. that, and that's the thing. It makes it makes logical sense for the Missouri Valley to add a 12th team. Absolutely it does. If they're going to take a 12th team, there is one logical choice right now. But do they want a 12th team? Then you have the complication of of the Missouri Valley Football Conference, mm-hmm. which is aligned, but isn't the same thing as the Missouri Valley Conference. Correct, right. Now, and you've got a few teams in the Missouri Valley that aren't keen on Murray State. Which happens. It, fine, whatever. Uh, these temper tantrums come and go and, and whatever. But 
But I think the my my perspective on it is there should be no decision in this athletic department that is not made through the prism of how does this better basketball. Right. Everybody else, come along if you want. Yeah. Now, there's nothing to say because suppose the Missouri Valley Football Conference doesn't want to expand. They got more teams than they need right now. Yeah, they That's do. That's fine. Actually. Yeah. Murray State doesn't have to play there. We've seen that. There's affiliate memberships on all kinds of things. Oh, all kinds. I bet if you call Beth and you're like, hey, we're leaving, but we're going to stay for football. Because you know what? They're backed against the wall right now, the OVC. Yeah. They can't lose any more teams. Just stay here or go to the Pioneer League or go like there, there are. SIUE plays soccer in the MAC. Like, this is not an unsolvable and riddle. And they're good in the MAC. It's not an unsolvable riddle. It's just going to take some creativity to to make it happen. And creativity but takes more time. The bottom line is, I mean, I don't think it's an accident that we've got all these fancy YouTube videos and blueprints and look at our, you know, what 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 the, what's the tagline on going to the next level or uh, this renovation project on all of the facilities around here. It's needed. You're making you're taking our next step is yeah. what what they're doing. Well, I mean, you want to play tinfoil hat, you know, you're like, "Oh, this is all starting to piece together that they're trying to put some lipstick on the pig here to be like we're attractive let's you know take us but yeah i just basketball's where you make your money basketball's where you have a chance to make big money if you can get into that conference and they're sending multiple teams to the tournament yeah teams to the sweet 16 teams to the final four there is that is a cash cow because you have blown and i'm this is not you murray state this is you ohio valley conference right you have blown your opportunity for this league to be Cash cow might be strong, but a legitimate lucrative fundraising arm where we are getting into the tournament and we are winning games, that has been a presidential failure, and that is why now this league has imploded upon itself. You're, you're stuck. Gosh. Where? What? A, wow, Neil. <laughs> nice. What are we at right now? I want to see if we got some time. Oh, we're only at an hour 22, Ed. Oh. So. All right. Well, let's do two more seconds then, really quick. Uh <laughs> Because sorry, it's all it'll take. No, you're good. No, absolutely. It's totally worth it. I, this is what we're here for. Real what do we quick. got? Murray State football. Didn't do very well the last couple of games. No, uh, they, did, they did not. The, the Austin P game, complete shocker to me. Just uh, laid a big egg. Austin P came in. They changed quarterbacks. Their starting quarterback had been suspended. We didn't know that. Right. The, the play-by-play guy at Austin P didn't know that until uh, about five minutes before uh, kickoff. They handed him a note and said, uh, here's what's going on. So, uh but I think that threw the racers a little bit off as far as defense. But offense, they were just stagnant the whole day. Just couldn't right. get anything going. And Tanner was incredible. And pretty much the same against Tennessee State uh, this past Saturday. They uh, struggled. Now, Tennessee State, uh, but by the time the racers scored, it put up eight consecutive shutout quarters of football. But uh, the racers finally got going. Uh, they had to bring in Preston Rice, who looked fantastic. He still isn't 100% with his shoulder, but at least was cleared to play. But uh, this is a team that, uh, at least based on the expectations, hasn't really met those expectations at this point. Uh, injuries, of course, have played a role, but uh, this is uh, this is not where they wanted to be. Now they're looking to win out, play for a winning season. Yeah, no, and, and I'm glad, and I know there's not much more to add to that. Do want to bring up the fact I think DJ Williams uh, admirably played well. Just one of those situations. I was listening to the game yesterday. You and Aaron Clayton at Nissan Stadium, uh, Eddie George in Tennessee State. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously that's kind of home for him. Uh, and they like to play a few games there at home. I think the interesting thing there is that I, 
and you saw it better than you know than I could hear it on the radio. Did they yank DJ Williams, or was it a situation where he had the interception? The offense wasn't really moving, and so they just brought Preston in for some new juice. Like, I think what, that's all it was, just a juice thing. Uh, and DJ, he was playing with a thigh contusion, so he wasn't as mobile as hey, he he's, usually He's was. a running quarterback. So uh, he was not at 100% either, but uh, they just weren't scoring. And they, you know, I think it was a good move. They had a guy that had a track record of success. And Preston looked as good as he'd looked all season long, to be honest about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, he tied the game. Yeah. You're down 21 nothing, And again, this is where this is where I'm really kind of confused, I guess, as to what happened with Austin P. because you had that huge comeback mm-hmm. against SEMO. There's so much energy, so much, I don't know, just vitality in that situation. You get to homecoming, which again, Austin P. just lost to UT Martin by one. Good football program. I'm not trying to take yeah. anything at Martin. You know, had a field goal to win it that fell short. I'm not trying to take anything away from Austin P. but homecoming... You lose, okay, that's fine. I think when I kept hearing people say, because I was on my way to the mouse of the house mouse, uh, mouse house, uh, but I was listening to the game and I was just like the energy there, like to lose in that fashion. Forty-seven six, that was a shot. Not to lose, but to lose by that much. Right. I, I I'm fine with losing. Losing happens. I lose every day. You know, I'm I'm losing as we speak. But like, are we supposed to comment on that? I don't know. You're allowed. You're allowed to. I don't know. That was just a fight. I didn't want to say it. They can honestly win out though uh, with the teams they have ahead of them. They can. I I just for me, I know Austin P was good. I know they shifted their game plan, but it was just like to lose 47-6 with a huge homecoming crowd and so much energy wrapped around and. I just think it's a macro discussion rather than the micro. The Probably. games don't matter. Yeah. I, and just in the sense of there were so – I mean, when was the last time this team was high? had this much like – and obviously you're picked first in the league. I mean, yeah. And you can say, well, Jacksonville, blah, 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 whatever. But whether Jacksonville was there or not, they, they had so much hype coming into this year. And it just – it just is like – it it feels double deflating in a way that yeah. Yeah. it wasn't a, well, you guys went – Four and seven last year, and you just struggling again. It was like, boy, everything felt set up for this is this is it, and with as much gonna, returning too, everything returning yeah. that that it just it feels that much worse. Yeah, yeah. guys, it's been real. It's been fun. And has it been, been really real fun, fun though? Yes, I, I think it has been. I, we could add more to it. Obviously, we could talk for ages, but we do appreciate the time, guys. Any any parting shots? Now's your time. Take a shot at me. Take a shot at Neil. Where do you work, Jeff? Jeff? What's the, what's the uh, flower place again? Uh, Murray Flower Company. All right. Murray Flower. Uh, is there dot .com? It's dot .com. Yeah. Dot .com. Yeah, it's right. dot .com. I appreciate dot com. it. Well, Jeff, Neil, as always. Thanks, boys. Appreciate, appreciate the time. It. It's been fun. Thanks.